Hey, you're listening to the Sunnyside Podcast Show with me, PJ. Me, Ron. And me, Scott. Cue the theme tune. Keep on Sunnyside, always on Sunnyside. Keep on Sunnyside alive. It will help us every day. It'll guide us on the way. If we keep on Sunnyside alive. Hey, we did another one. Is that enough? Can we can we finish now? <laughs> Can we wrap it up now? You can wrap yeah, it up yeah, now. Let's just stop now. Yeah. I'm tired. Have you have you got have you got topics? I have a topic. I have a topic, but it's it's um. Yeah, you, you further... didn't bring this up in a text. Yeah, I mean, what prompted this? Well, right, okay. So I I mentioned last week I've been doing little walks out in my own little big long walks because like <laughs> I went for, I went for a walk yesterday because the day before I did in total 220 steps all day. Which, which to my mind could have been a rounding error in the software of it just sort of bubbling over as it sat in my pocket while I sat perfectly still or walked to the loo. It's not even enough count steps to count going to the loo back and forth. So anyway, I was walking, I was walking down um, uh, at the embankment and I was thinking to myself, uh, if I went to a therapist, right, what would I, what would I, what would I talk about? I like, you know, what would I talk about? I love thought, that you're crowdsourcing what you would talk about to a therapist. <laughs> well, I thought, I thought. I mean, PJ, we we have made our feelings on your um your need for therapy, your need for therapy quite clear. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, if you want us to, you're considering it more seriously. If you well, want I us mean, to brainstorm some topics, then you know. <laughs> But I mean, I I, mean, I still I still maintain that like the, I mean, it's not I don't I'm not going to pretend that I am perfect and could not do with like a some sort of do over. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to pretend that. On the other hand, I do think nothing fundamentally wrong. I mean, I'm not kind of loopy or anything. I'm not you know <laughs> not crawling the walls. I'm not like five minutes from axe murder and everyone around me or anything. I'm, but that's not you know, that, that's not that, a that's, that's the bar, is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like being being a being a slight nudge away from Michael Douglas in falling down is not like proof that you don't need therapy. Well, yeah, but that, but that's well, that's the thing. You see, I kind of feel like I'm sort of I'm on an even keel. Is there any <laughs> sense of unbalance in that? <laughs> why, why pick at these threads? Well, that's that's what I think. <laughs> Because, because, yeah, but you're essentially saying that if they unpick the threads, they're gonna find something, and you don't want them to find anything. You treat your mental health like Jenga. <laughs> <laughs> but you do. I mean, you risk when you deconstruct. You risk not being able to construct again. That's my feeling. I, I mean, mean you, is that not you a sound like. You sound like a like a fifties dad who talks about therapists and psychiatrists like head shrinkers. <laughs> that like they're gonna like, like they're gonna break you and turn you into some sort of a Mancurian candidate. Well, <laughs> Send me to the funny farm. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. It. I just. I. You know. I just. I feel like. You know. Nothing's fundamentally wrong. But anyway, I was thinking. I was walking along, and I was thinking to myself, the primary thing I think that I was trying to distill down the kind of essence of what my like what would. If I sat with someone and thought, well, what is the thing that I think I would work on? What is the thing that I would go, here's the thing I need to work on, really, right? Fundamentally. And you kind of oh, get I'm, through. I'm excited. <laughs> you get through, you, you get through kind of um, various surface things and you think, well, that's not really a problem. I'll move that out of the way. 
if Pablo isn't editing in some sort of tension music here at this point, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> We're about to get to the core of this. Yeah, you you do. You think to yourself, I I don't. You think, well, there was this incident that happened here, and then you think, yeah, but I mean, that was that one thing, so that doesn't. <laughs> Scared to take a drink. Spread it over the computer. <laughs> that was that. I mean, that was just one incident. That 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 one thing couldn't possibly mean anything. I mean, if it happened a couple of times, then sure. But like, if it just happened the one time, it can't possibly mean anything. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> but you know, but you, but like, you can't, I mean, one, one's, <laughs> one's wrong, dude. All right, Ron. Are you okay? He took a drink. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. Like one, it's like it's. Just, it's. Just, I mean, in in. I don't want. To, I mean, this isn't psychological jargon, obviously, but like it, it's. It's like one swallow does not a summer make. You know, you you know, you do one wacky thing. It doesn't mean to say that's the kind of person you are. That's not. You know, you crush one bug and it's not your murderer kind of thing. I mean, you just it depends. Go, it depends on what the wacky thing is. <laughs> it, I mean, it's not. It's not binary. There is a there is a sliding scale of like that was just one time, so it doesn't really count as a thing. I mean, I, don't, I just uh, don't get me wrong. I don't have a thing in mind when I say one. This one, th- I'm what I'm talking about is I'm kind of you're walking along and you're kind of de- I, I know that you don't. I know that you don't have one in mind, but it's how you talk about it as a whole. I'm not <laughs> saying that you're like writing off this one thing that happened to you, but it how your brain is compartmentalizing <laughs> what you know and how how you would approach these things is is interesting and potentially dangerous what do you mean dear how could that be i just think it's perfectly fine to not remember a lot of stuff i think it's (laughs) it's a very healthy thing to be able to think that i'm going to put that over there and not worry about it for a while and then see, and and to take a take, take a thing that's happened and put it in a little box in your head and go. Do you know what? I'm sure by the time I look at that again, it'll be fine. And just <laughs> and just move on. That's that's how I that's how I think. Anyway, I was thinking. Right. So what what is like you know like trying to get into Narnia? You're kind of pushing bits of like coats out of the way, and you're trying to get into the cupboard of your own head and thinking. What if I were to sit with a psychiatrist, a psychotherapist? With someone, if I were to sit with a therapist of some kind, and I thought, each therapist, what? What? <laughs> Speech therapist. Speech therapist. Yes. Well, that's that's yes. Anyway, um, and I, I think I got to it. That's the thing. I think I know what it is. I think I know what it is. The thing that deep inside of me that that is that thing that that kind of motivates some of the stupider things that I do. Some of the things that you go. Ah, that's not a normal human reaction to to that kind of situation, and it's it's this. <laughs> no, it's humiliation. I cannot have it. I cannot. I I cannot function at any level if there's a danger of pure humiliation. I can't. That do does it. that flies in the face of everything that I know about you. <laughs> I no, thought that was no. the point of this show. <laughs> No, but but that's the thing. That's the thing that the to, it's it's like um, it's like if you're afraid of crashing, 
the best thing to do is to be in control of the glider as it, as it falls. You know, the, that, it's it's like that. It's like the humiliate, like being humiliated is one thing, but to do to grab hold of whatever the thing is and and kind of ride it through until you're sort of you're kind of making people laugh at you because of the things you're deliberately doing rather than the thing that you've done. Do you know what I mean? I think that's that's the, I feel like that's part of my motivation, and I don't like it. I mean, do, do you expect us to have some sort of insight into this? I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there isn't a single motivational thing in, in a human being. Maybe we're we're a massive, we're all, you know, we're all running away from being absolutely humiliated by something or we're all kind of running towards some other thing. There's maybe a hundred different things. But it felt like to me that that moment where I kind of went, I saw all the things that I think I've done in the past where I go, oh, why did I, why did I, like that time I licked a guy's face. And I thought that was because I didn't know how to shake hands. <laughs> but you have to understand that that is more humiliating than shaking his hand. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing that it, it, it short circuits my brain. It doesn't, it makes me not function right. I think like the danger of being humiliated makes me do things that make me go like, like I can't, do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's oh god! I did a podcast, uh, uh, like a live podcast interview, and I didn't know what to do. And, I, and there's a really good friend of mine, Michael Michael Carroll. I really like Michael a lot, but I I know I annoyed him. I, I annoy him in podcasts. <laughs> it it drives me to annoy him more, and I don't I don't like that aspect of myself. And I find myself showing it. Like I grabbed a pen and started pretending it was a pipe, just because I knew it would draw attention to me. I think is why I was doing it. But at the same time, it's like... I mean, I think att- I think attention is more... Yeah, I mean, I, I, what you're describing is exactly how I acted between the ages of 9 and 15, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that in all seriousness. I mean, where I kind of realized that, you know, I, I didn't... I, I wanted to be known for something, but I, I wasn't 100% sure what that was, so I just figured it would be the zany guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, because I, I, I was no great shakes at sports. I was no great looker. I, you know, I was... These are I, all I, things I, true of me now as well, so... But what I was prepared to do was sacrifice any dignity I had in order to <laughs> get a laugh. You can ride that for a long time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I feel that that might be the case. Um, I So, uh, like, uh, another thing I, th- I think I, th- I struggle with really is... is sincerity and i think that comes from a fear of humiliation i think I, I feel like if you're if you're being properly sincere about a thing there's a danger of abject humiliation from it and that okay. could all come from my dad well yeah i mean you know i mean you could probably peg a lot of people's problems down to their dads i'm not rubbing you into this scott but you know <laughs> so i mean do you, do you have a problem with sincerity how how do you feel on the sincerity front I mean, to me, any any kind of everything that involves a kind of a flattering comment to someone or from someone, it feels like it's a moment that needs to be punctured, and it shouldn't be. Probably, it's probably unhealthy to think all those moments need to be punctured. I know. I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, I, I've been accused of being overly sincere at times with people, um, mm. where where I would tell them exactly how I feel about them, and I know at the end of that, it's uncomfortable because. I've been probably too honest. Hmm. So then, yes, you need to undercut that moment, but then the moment loses all value. You know. So. <laughs> <laughs> do 
So we're, I'm assuming if I'm too far on the one end of the spectrum of that and you're too far on the other end of the spectrum of that, Scott, you must be right in the middle, right? I mean... That's the way it I works. Really, yeah. I don't, I'm not too sure. I feel like I would be the same as uh, the same in respect that I would say my brain instinctively goes to the funny, whatever hmm. I, whatever I can say in this instance, that's funny hmm. is what I very, very much want to say. Um, but what was the last most sincere thing you said to someone? And, and let's let's assume I love you to your other half. Let's assume that. Is yeah, let's assume that for the sake of Scott's embarrassment. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll tell you the last I, moment I skirted around uh, that where I was nearly sincere and wasn't because a friend of mine point, pointed out like ah, I'd best not be sincere is when I I wished my, my Rob Williams a happy birthday and I, and I and I made a little joke about you know it's it's great to know someone who's so talented and amazing and fantastic and the, and that's been an advantage that Rob has had ever since he's met me something like that it was a, a terrible joke but and he went ha ah, don't be sincere or or some words to that effect it was like. He's right. I just basically that that was a moment I could have just genuinely said something nice and gone there you go. And there's another thing I've been wanting to do and I haven't been able to do it. And it's to to turn around to my wife and go, I'm really proud of the fact that you did that science thing. And I really I'm struggling to do it. I don't know why. It's really well. Stupid. Tell her to listen into the show with thirteen and a half minutes, and uh, <laughs> you'll get the gist. I don't know why. It's a really weird... It's like there isn't a moment to do it. There isn't an appropriate moment to do it. And and if you do it, it could be... Well, that's weirdly out of the blue because it was two years ago. I mean, I think sometimes with, with people who are particularly close to us, i.e. your partners and stuff, there's an, there's an implication that they understand the things that you feel about them hmm. without you needing to overtly say them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, if if they need to hear that stuff, then that's that can be a, a sign of a problem in and of itself. You know where you know the, the, there's this needy need for validation in a relationship. I have I have that. Oh, well, yeah, wait, wait, I'm, that's just assume. <laughs> I have a desperate need for validation, and, and I really don't like it about myself. These are aspects of me I don't like. You know, you know who could fix that. <laughs> <laughs> Is it fixable though? Is it fixable? Of course is it, it is. Is is it like a kind of like is it is there a magic wand? You just have wand to find you just have to find there's not a magic wand, but you just have to find the tool that helps you fix it. Mm. Whether that's therapy or whether it's CBT or whether it's um, It's not even necessarily about fixing it. It's about recognizing it and when when it's when it's causing you a problem. Yeah. Well, uh, I've I've done that. And when it's fine to ask for validation, and when it is most definitely not fine to mm. ask for validation, and, and obviously to get to the core of why why you need that validation, what what is it about you and your psychological makeup that requires that? Oh, it's my dad. Oh, oh pick me, pick me, pick me. <laughs> I know oh, this one. Go on, then. go on, go on. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, well, you think it's your, you think it's your dad? Oh God, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, it probably, it's probably the same answer. It's your dad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. know. So I mean, yeah. So yeah, we should get our we should get our um, respective other halves on to talk about us rather than oh, us. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I thought um, you could say get our dads on. I was like, that's not <laughs> happening. Yeah, not, neither is the other halves happening. That's just not going to happen. Um. 
So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I felt like realizing that humiliation was one of my primary drivers was a big kind of breakthrough for me as I was walking along in the park. And, and, and it's like, okay, well, I recognize that now. So what do I do with that information? What, how, I mean, I... I'm, 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 I'm very happy that you, that you had a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. It's wrong and you need to try again. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the thing is, right, so when I realized, like, so having done the podcast interview thing and I was, it was, it was about four or five other people and we'll post a link of it. So I, 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 people were laughing and thinking this is very funny, but I know, I know I was driving Michael up a wall because he, he just has no, he's, he's, there's that great line that, um, uh, that, that, uh, Tommy Lee Jones said to, said to Jim Carrey when Jim Carrey went up to him after when they were making the Batman movie and, and Tommy Lee, uh, Jim Carrey goes, he basically says, what, what is it about me you don't like? And he goes, I cannot sanction this buffoonery. I'm a bit sad that they didn't get on during the filming of that. <laughs> Apparently they just couldn't get on. And I, I know, and you know, but, but the, but the worst thing is when I do, when I do go that kind of show off because your friends are in you're just showing off because your friends are around that's that's what's happening i'm just showing off because my friends are around that everyone laughs and then i drive one person mad and then i spend the rest of the night lying in bed thinking why do i have to do that I'm and then thinking, thinking pj's acting up again <laughs> <laughs> PJ, pj needs a wee early night <laughs> i mean with regard to the stuff of your dad i mean is it because you just fundamentally don't understand each other no, 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 I don't think so. I think, I think it's a, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's the opposite. I think we're very alike. I think that's the worst problem is we're almost identical. It, it's, it's a kind of, I want things to be about me. He wants things to be about him. Oh, My okay. son Nathan wants things to be about him. And so we're all, we're all stuck it's in these little bubbles. Yeah, we're all a bunch of narcissists. <laughs> I mean, Nathan at the moment is going through this delightful phase of um, he's narcissistic and he doesn't care. And he wants to see himself in a mirror because he's got a six pack. And I, when I make fun of him, he goes, you're only making fun of me because if you had a six pack, you'd be doing exactly the same as me. And I was going, I'd be going, yes, but then everyone would be making fun of me and that would be fine. So, you know, <laughs> so he is, he's like, and he, every time he stops, he lifts up his top, his top to look at a six pack in the mirror. <laughs> It's really funny. <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's a narcissistic thing. And I have that too. It's, it's not, it's not good. I, it's just a, a line of narcissists all the way down, all, all looking at each other directly in mirrors and going, why, why are you not telling me how brilliant I am? Uh, and, okay. and expecting the, the other one to even re- realize that we're talking to them and not just back to our own reflection. I think the, the reason I asked is I, I watched a film yesterday that kind of had me thinking about certain things to do with generations and and mm. uh, how they differ. And it was uh, the new Seth Rogen movie that he made for HBO Max. Oh which, yeah, I've seen I've seen the look of that. That looks good. Uh, the, American the American Pickle, pickle? yeah. Which uh, is the story of his his well, Seth Rogen plays both parts. So he plays this character called Herschel Greenbaum, who in 1921 falls into a pickle uh, a pickling uh, vat. <laughs> and then he comes out a hundred years later, and there's there's a brilliant moment near the start where you know someone says, well, "What's the science behind this?" And then the narrator says, "And then the science was explained that it was all very very easy to understand that everyone agreed <laughs> the science was fine." And all the reporters were all nodding, going, "Oh, that makes perfect sense." <laughs> so, but the but the crux of the you know the 
the, the meat of the first sort of half of the film is how his ancestor, who slaved and worked to, to come to America and toiled to build a life, fundamentally does not understand his, his great-grandson. Um, and the his, life his, he his, has. The life he has, the, the, his notion of success, his values, anything, you know, it's a, it's a complete puzzle to him. You know, I mean, he, he lives in a way that he would have considered a king in 1921. And yet he's mm. still not happy and he's kind of, he's not necessarily dissatisfied with his life, but he takes it all for granted. You know, yeah. he, he walks, the first thing he does when he walks into the house with his, with his grandfather, he says, Alexa, lights. And the grandfather looks around like a, a wizard has just done something incredible. And uh, there's a whole tie into his grandfather says, like in 1921, what he wants to do for his da- before he dies is, is try some seltzer water. And <laughs> his great grandson has like the, an aqua seltzer machine in the kitchen and he makes them and well, that, that, that's his grandfather's bucket list ticked off within two minutes of going into the house. So he's, <laughs> he doesn't know where to go with that, you know, but then he disguises become the pickle king of New York. It's a really I, fun I, little movie. I, I watched the trailer of that and my first thought was, oh my God, he could be playing the, the, the lead in, in, um, Fiddler, on in Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah. Just... I mean, it, it's, it's played very, I mean, there's all, there's all the themes in there. Like, I think, you know, there's, I assumed whenever I watched it that it had been written by Seth Rogen and then at the end of it, it mm. turned out it hadn't been written by him at all and he's literally <laughs> just playing someone else's script because I thought it was maybe to do with Seth Rogen getting, you know, having a reckoning with his own Judaism and, mm. and notions of uh, you know getting in touch with one's culture. But I really enjoyed it. Now, I don't know how anyone here can watch it legally <laughs> because it's, it's shown on uh, HBO Max in America and I don't know what mm. the venue for that is going to be over in the UK. Got my new. There's going to have to be a venue at some point because uh, isn't HBO still stuff to it, isn't it? Yeah, and and they've HBO still have an exclusive agreement with Sky, so it'll be on Sky at some point. I I can't, like, I don't know that, but they they still have an exclusivity agreement with their content. Now I don't know if that just includes HBO because HBO Max is a separate entity. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if this this is maybe their way of getting round the exclusivity deal because I know that they've they've wanted for a while to to branch out to streaming in other countries. Maybe this is their way of yeah, you can still have access to all of the HBO shows, but this is HBO Max, and we're gonna you know we're gonna start up our own yeah. thing. I don't know. I know they absorbed all of the DC Universe stuff from mm. the that that network. Yeah, I mean it, they're calling network. it HBO Max because HBO has the brand recognition but what it is is warner digital yeah mm. it's a it's aol and um and warner just kind of amalgamating well, they amalgamated a long time ago but putting all of their putting all of their digital content in one place uh, as opposed to it being spread over a number of, of a number of apps mm. well, i wonder if it'll launch here sometime soon yeah finger yeah, fingers you, crossed what do you make of the whole dc thing that's going on the, the whole um, I'm I'm kind of a wee bit behind on it all. I mean, I kind of saw a lot of the articles about, you know, massive layoffs and I have to say because I don't follow DC as closely as as I used to, I'm not really 100% sure who's gone and what's happening, but it does seem like they've basically taken an axe to the place. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. There, there's rumors kind of flying around and there has been for a while that what Warner want to do is to just bin the comic book side of it keep the intellectual property and probably farm the comic book to license the comic books to Marvel and say here Marvel weirdly very similar to the rumors when Marvel was filing for chapter 11 
Yeah. Here's all here's all of our stuff. Yeah. You pay us a license. You can, you know, you guys can do the Batman comics and all that kind of stuff, but we keep the movie rights to, yeah. to everything and we'll continue to churn out movies and TV shows based on the back of it. I don't necessarily know if that's what's gonna happen. I think the No, um, th- th- again, that's just that's just the rumor. But it's the same as like that's the rumor, and it's just you know similar to myself and Ron talked. I think after the last podcast when we were on that Olympus, a very popular camera manufacturer, has been bought by a kind of global consortium who basically just wanted it for the intellectual property and patents, um, and have just yeah. said we're not making cameras anymore, and we'll be probably licensing off all of those valuable bits and pieces to other tech companies. But that's a big, big professional camera format that's just kind of disappeared or will be disappearing so it's not beyond the realms of possibility i think it's uh, it's interesting from a business perspective i don't i don't know how i feel about it from a as a reader or for, you know i don't know do i call myself a former reader who knows um of of comics but i think it's at least interesting i mean i suppose i feel somewhat sorry for you know dc fans who are you've been following these books for years and all of a sudden yeah 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 of course you cut off at the knees you know well i mean i all these books end up recycling through different titles different editors different teams getting cut getting reintroduced and and so on so i don't know i mean i I, my feeling is that possibly they might bypass because they've bypassed diamond already they've basically stopped distributing through diamond distribution and i've gone through a different a different company for their comics distribution so my feeling is they're probably going to go all digital and then just do collections they're you know mm. there's probably still a, a book market there that's quite big um if they want this build audience and build the, the things the stuff putting it out there just do it digitally don't even bother yeah i mean again them. i think that's another interesting business decision i think the stuff that and i think covid probably hasn't helped these decisions mm. Um, or maybe has helped, depending on which side of the action. Might have, might have pushed some of these things over the edge where they wouldn't. Yeah, have been you know, our, okay, our comics aren't making that much money, but they're making enough money to kind of continue, and that's fine. We're happy enough with that. And then COVID hits, and obviously, all of a sudden, comics stop being shipped, and you know, maybe that makes the decision a bit easier from the executives' side. Or you know, going all digital could that be a a revolution? Could they, you know, could they then? dictate and kind of become the kings of the digital market do they do like a nice pricey subscription where you get everything day and date as opposed to the marvel's six month behind model on marvel u yeah i'd say if i was if i was a big you know dc or marvel reader and you, you told me that i could get all my comics every month for eight or nine quid you know that, I, that i'd be on board with that but i'd be on I mean, board I, with I, that I, even I, just to, to experiment I'd, I'd go with that just for a while yeah. and see and i think i think i think there's a lot of people who are be, who would be willing to pay quite a bit more i mean eight or nine seems cheap to me if you're getting day and date comics if you're you know maybe two tiers eight or nine quid if you want access to the archives and you know six months behind regular issues or if you want to pay i don't know 20 25 a month because well, it's yeah, probably you, still you, way you, cheaper you than what you're paying in day and date comics. You know, from from DC's point of view, in the past they would have shipped those things through Di- through Diamond and then to retailers. So retailers take a bit, Diamond takes a bit, then DC gets what's left over, and then they pay yeah. the creators out of that. It's yeah. if if they have a direct model where where the basically it, you know there's there's no cost of production beyond the making the initial files. And then everything yeah. else is just gravy on top of that. Then eight or nine quid is probably more than enough 
per user yeah. to to make to make it very very profitable. Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it, do you want to stick it, the, you got to stick the arm in for the real fans. <laughs> <laughs> it might decimate comic shops. That's the biggest problem. I mean, I know. that's that's the problem. Yeah, I mean, you know, eventually. You know all these all these um, legacy industries. I mean, like you know, would you invest in a record shop these days? I mean, not really. I mean, there's I'd be, nothing... I mean, I'd definitely be quicker to invest in a record shop now than I would have been five years ago. Mm. You know, vinyl having become something, and it may well be. You know, I I've always felt comics need to die before they can be reborn into something new. I mean, I think that's what happened to vinyl. Um, I, I, you know, comic shops will survive, I think, but but they, they might implode. I mean, Belfast has what three, three or four comic shops now, whereas they had one for the longest time. So, yeah. you know, uh, and they're all, they all seem to be serving different elements of the market. So, they're, they're I don't know. It's, it's yeah, I think, I, mean, I think everybody kind of finds their their niche. I don't. I don't think. I think the vast majority will remain, but they might need to slightly modify. But if you sucked what, what DC and Marvel weeklies or monthlies out of the out of the equation, I mean, can those shops survive? I hope so. If that's what brings people in every week, mm. yeah. I hope so I, hope I, I so. don't think I, I don't think Forbidden Planet are necessarily relying on that uh, because or ta- you know because they they have so much merchandise. Obviously, they put the merchandise up front. It's all downstairs, and yeah, that, that, that's their big seller, but. I'd say the smaller shops that rely on the the week in week out um, comic comic you know uh, purchasers, they would have a real hard time if if ninety five percent of the of the market just disappeared. Yeah. Yes. Everyone's going to be on Kickstarters. I know there's probably an awful lot of panic comic creators around, uh, all all looking for the who's who's still publishing books. Boom's I mean, maybe quite well. maybe maybe they're they're. they're uh, Maybe it's like PJ said that like, it breathes new life, and you get a, like tons of indie publishers who are you know, and there's a lot of creators who are more interested in still having books in print than on you know on shelves, and you get creators some really interesting. I mean, I I find the same problem with a lot of musicians as well. I mean, even guys that are that I know who are in bands in Belfast now, and they're ones that are my age, they're forty or so, they're still putting out CDs, and I'm like, you're never going to shift the CDs. They they're on they're on Apple Music, they're on Spotify, but they still want to have CDs because that's what they bought when they were younger, hmm. and they're very attached to the notion of having a physical medium to sell. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a folly because their fans are are they either want vinyl or digital CDs or not what their people are falling after. I don't even have a CD player in the house. It's, it's I don't have a CD player in the house either. Yeah, I think there might be one in the car, but I'm but I but. God knows. No, my car Somebody gave me a, sent me a DVD as reference for a job that I have coming up. Mm-hmm. Like, how the fuck am I supposed to play this? <laughs> what am I supposed? What am I supposed to do with this? I had to find a rip of the film on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, I still have my Blu-ray player, and obviously, you know, all the games consoles take discs for now. But, yeah, you know, there, there's going to come a time you know, in our lifetime, not too far away, where physical media is just. A really arcane collectors thing, mm-hmm. and people will only collect it because they they want to say they collect. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be for the audio files and the video files. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean that even that's you know going to get reached the point where we're broadband so fast that you can deliver a higher bit rate over a pipe than you can get onto a disc. I mean, we're we're virtually at that point now. But do you do you not think that people are going to continue to uh, invent because it's it's an it's another big cash cow for studios. And you know that drives the innovation. 
a new format. We saw, yeah, another new format. There, you know, 4K Blu-ray is the is the not new a physical format. No, year thing. year on year, was, I mean, or sort of format on format. The the DVD was the height. You know, DVDs sold like gangbusters. Blu-ray came out. Blu-ray sold nowhere near. I mean, people still prefer to buy DVDs over Blu-rays. Here's the thing: 4K once, stuff, once, nowhere near once you get. Once you get to a certain level of technology and you've satisfied 80% of the people, they don't give a damn above that. Like, granted, I mean, 5.1 stereo, amazing. But once you're above two speakers, does it matter that much for most people? You know, it's, I, mean, yeah, I mean, I think me and Ron would both argue that we would love to have some Dolby Atmos. Yeah, well, of course. But you two are not the norm. But, but no. the thing is, I, I can get Dolby Atmos streamed to me now online. And okay, it's a lower bitrate, but that's only lower bitrate for now. I mean, I, I could right now sign up for a close to a gigabit connection at this house for a fiber let me connection. Put it like, let me put it like this. If Ron had a DVD that had a, a, a Dolby Atmos, per like a higher quality physical format, uh, and he could stream it, and it was a slightly lower quality, I know which one he would do. You know which one he would do. No, I'm not going up the stairs. Ron, yeah, yeah. Ron, Ron won't go next door to get a book. Yeah. I, I, I'm willing to bet that at least once you've wanted to read a book that was in another room, and instead of going and getting it, you bought it on your iPad. Look, I've got all the Swamp Thing stuff sitting in, on a shelf in the next room. I'm currently working my way through the digital versions on the iPad. <laughs> and do you know um, what? I prefer them in print. And I'm still reading yeah. them on the iPad. <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's definitely. I honestly think a lot of people are going to go for both things. Uh, the the physical media, physical stuff will be in will always be a niche, but it'll always be a niche where people are prepared to pay over the odds. Like for example, Thomas has Thomas, age twelve, loves old video games and stuff, so he has a mini SNES, right? So he has one of the wee the wee micro SNESes that they sold for a while there, um, and he has that. And he wants a SNES. He wants a SNES for Christmas. He wants a, a proper old one, even though you'll have to pay over the odds for that. And the, <clears throat> you'll have to buy the individual games and stuff. And the, the little yeah, oh, and they're a pain in the hole. Dozens. They're a, they're a pain he, in the hole he to get. Does he uh, want the SNES? Or is he, does he just want to play more games? No, no, he wants the SNES and he wants the okay. other. He's got the SNES and, and the other micro one that they did. And he wants both of those in their original, the original devices. He doesn't want... Uh, the uh, emulators he wants the original yeah. devices because okay. he likes having split the difference and buying the Lego Ness. Uh, yeah, <laughs> of course he you have to that. buy an adapter that will allow that those those machines to connect to modern TVs, which is why the miniature Snezzes are way better. Do you think but... I don't have? Do you think Thomas doesn't have one of those already? Do you think we <laughs> haven't gone through two of them by now? <laughs> Jeez. We've got we've got a little SCART to HDMI device. That lets you plug your SCART device into HDMI, and we were up in his his nanny's house today, believe it or not, today, and and he came out of the back, and I heard him as uh, Annette says, says, yes, nanny's old TV has two HDMI's and a SCART, and and one of the three socket ones, so that would be better for your for your room instead of the nice uh, uh, 1080 high res TV that he's got. He wants to get this other one that's not a not even a HD telly just yeah, because I'm, not, I'm just thinking I'm kind of I'm kind of deriding him a little bit but like I do exactly what he's done like mm -hmm. I just bought I bought I spent 12.99 on hold on on this which is which is an an old 8 millimeter reel to reel editor what good grief 
I thought that was a like I thought that was do you ever play a, like one of those video games that have like a little controllers and you yeah, can play yeah, it, like, it's got, it's got like the little one one color screen and you yeah. roll, roll it from side to side. Yeah, yeah. No, so this I is like a tiny little EPK meter. Couple of inch couple of inch screen mm-hmm. um which will which is used for editing old eight millimeter uh movies and it came with three eight millimeter film reels. One Did of you which have to edit I'm, yourself I'm, to make a full movie? I'm, I'm kind of getting. I'm, I really want to get it up and running because one of the eight millimeter reels is like a 1972 guide to Disneyland, mm-hmm. which I really, really want to watch. And what are the other so two? So I kind of want to get this or? back up and running. What is it? The other two just snuff movies, are they? Yeah, yeah, just straight snuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, gonna, I, 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 know where I know where Tom's He's going to cut from. the snuff into the Disney movie and <laughs> <laughs> upload it all up to YouTube for kids uh. to watch. Yeah, yeah. Harsh harsh I know where it's Disney's from. Uh, policy of COVID. Uh, <laughs> right, I, I we don't have long for show tonight because I've got to put the kids to bed. So, can we do a pick of the week? Do you have a pick of the week? Sure. Go on then. Uh, I mean, my my pick's another movie, uh, and again, it's a movie on a service that isn't available here. So that's <laughs> going to be a waste. I'm going to get. I, I know what time. it is. You tell me what it is. I we could, I bet you know what it is. But go ahead. Yeah, Palm Springs. Yes, Palm Springs is great. Yeah. I really love it. Palm Springs is a romantic comedy uh, slash Groundhog Day type. Ah, yes, takeoff. I think I saw a trailer for that. Yeah, uh, it's incredibly clever, incredibly witty. It's Andy Samberg and a girl whose name I can't remember. And uh, yeah, it it just ticked all the boxes of everything I wanted to watch the other night. It was uh it's 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 just really well well thought out, and it's a bit more sort of a, a bit racier and a bit um a bit a bit more near the knuckle humor than than Groundhog Day but it's it's just it's just you know give you warm fuzzies at the same time as having a tickle on that sort of sci-fi bone of you know it's a Christine Mel Melody yeah um and JK Simmons is in it as well oh I love JK Simmons so yeah I mean I, to tell you any more about it would be to spoil it but if you can find it anywhere watch Palm Springs Okay. It is. There's been a, a few Groundhog Day style movies where it's really if you don't know one's coming on, the way to watch it is to notice at the start there's always a kind of they walk through somewhere and there's like twelve or thirteen different individual things happening at the same, you know, that you see individually, and you can go, ah, but we're going to see these from a slightly different angle later on. I just you well, know, you know, just tell. This, this is a this is a time loop <sighs> movie where the people in it are aware of time loops. Hmm. And one of them has been in it a lot longer than the other, and so okay. he's he's pretty much the master of that realm already. Hmm. So okay, it's it's like oh, that's that's worth seeing. All right, Scott. Um, I have a Netflix TV show that I only discovered today with Ralphie. Um, it's called Clarence. Oh, okay. Um, and. It is a Cartoon Network series that ran, I think, from about 2013 to 2018. Um, and it's it's just, a, it's just a story of one little boy's life. It's a very it's incredibly, odd looking little fella, isn't he? It's a very, it's a very odd... It, it kind of has a little bit of a... I've never watched Steven Universe, but I kind of know the animation yeah. style. It's kind of like ah, that. Cal Arts. The Cal Arts look. The, I'll, take your, I'll take your word for that. The animation's really nice, and the the stories are, for me, they were laugh out loud funny. But it is like all ages appropriate. 
And Ralphie can be a bit funny about watching new things. Hmm. He likes once he finds something, he'll tend to watch that. Um, and then yeah. he'll have a couple of shows, a couple of shows that he'll maybe cycle through um, that'll be on kind of constant rotation. But anytime we see a trailer on Netflix for something, he'll watch the trailer and then he'll say, oh, I don't think I want to watch that. <laughs> um, so this morning he watched uh, The Wizard of Oz, which is also mm-hmm. on Netflix, which I didn't know about. He watched that, and at the end of it, Netflix auto-played three trailers. I, I missed the first one. The second one was Guillermo del Toro's Troll Hunters, and I okay. thought the trailer for that looked class, full of knights and monsters, and I thought, you know, he's definitely going to be into that. And then the trailer for Clarence, which was a very innocent little um, mm-hmm. boy and girl climbing to the top of a rock to to check out the view, um, and the trailer's finished. And he said, um, I want to try that one, Dad. And I said, oh, right, the, the one with the, the knights. And he said, no, the one with the boy and girl. And I thought, all right, fine. So we put it on, and it's it's really, really fun, and it's very funny. Delightful. Yeah, it's just it's really well put together. And there seems to be like a an online kind of community that are, are very into it as well, even though I'd never stumbled across it before. Um, so I think there's three seasons in total, all from Cartoon Network, which come to about 120-odd episodes. They're only 15, 15 minutes an episode and it's great okay um i uh i'm gonna pick a thing what's the matter <laughs> you came back with a yawn there <laughs> <laughs> my turn <laughs> you don't realize this but see every week whenever i i i go i say right do you want to pick a thing or do you want to do it? i am desperately desperately just want to go let me just tell you what i'm interested in and you don't, wait, you, guys wait, don't get to speak. you think we don't know that <laughs> <laughs> we don't know that your whole philosophy of life isn't that I'm here to listen, it's that I'm willing to speak. <laughs> and this is why therapy is maybe not the best idea. <laughs> well, anyway, anyway, I so I think did you suggest um oh what do you call it the 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 thing with the lawyer the thing with the the remake of the TV show with the lawyer oh. Uh, um... Perry Mason. P- Perry Mason. Well, yeah. Perry Mason. Yeah. Yeah. So you already, you've already picked that. I watched that. It was great. Um, I haven't watched the last episode, so don't say a fucking word. No, no, I'm not going to say a word about the okay, last episode. Fine. I just didn't I, want anything I, spoiled because I, 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 I was away this week, so I didn't see the last episode. I was slightly surprised when I watched it. It was like I thought he was supposed to be a lawyer, but he's a private detective, and then obviously he ends up becoming a lawyer. But that, yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, yeah. I thought it felt like True Detective series four or something. For a while, yeah, it's or, yeah, yeah, or yeah, Batman, yeah. Batman Year One in the 1930s, Batman or something. It has the feel of that to it. I, I don't know what the plans for it are. If they're planning to make another season, or if, if, if it's just the they one and done be. type thing, or... must be. Um, but anyway, so in lieu of that, I will pick. Um, there, there's two things. One thing is the thing I've been watching at the moment, which is Justified. Which is brilliant. It's on. Oh, Justified, Justified is fantastic. Yeah, Amazon Prime, which is a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. It's a lot frothier. I, I think. Oh, dude, wait until wait until Pat Oswalt turns up. Okay, okay, all right. Um, it's, and the yeah, other thing which I haven't seen yet, but I know it's coming. It's on Sky, I think. So it's on Now TV. Is um, Lovecraft Country, which I haven't seen yet, but looks like yeah, it'll be I've fantastic. Reading, reading reviews of it coming up. It seems like it's going to be. Brilliant. Yeah, it's another. It's it premieres on HBO tonight. I believe, um, and will be on Sky. Uh, will be on Sky presently. HBO have renewed Perry Mason for a second season on July twenty second, so it's official. Perry Mason will return. Okay. okay 
That's there good. we go. All right. Well, that's our show then. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll try and do another one every week, will we? Can we short one tonight? <laughs> yeah. Just like me. Yeah. <laughs> it's always about you. Don't good night. Says. Good night. Bye. Night. I'm going to go and tuck my kids into bed now. See you later. See ya. Keep on the sunny side